Hello, uh, everybody, and welcome to the first ever episode, the pilot episode of Comics on Comics. Very true. There's new... been no episodes before this. <laughs> that is, yeah, this is the pilot. Uh, if this was network television, that's what we would be calling it. This is a new podcast started by myself. My name is Max Bolin. This is... I'm Oscar. My, my good friend Oscar. Yeah. We're roommates. We live together. Yeah. Uh, I am a comic. I do stand-up comedy. I write sketches sometimes. I'm a general uh, funny person. And I like comic books. And Max really likes comic books. I am a... I review them for this website called Gatecrashers. And I'm trying to get into other websites as well. I'm also like studying media right now in college. Mm. So... What? You're such an asshole. <laughs> I wasn't going to say cinema because it's a comic podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, but uh... um, Yeah, and so we thought this would be fun. So basically the format of it, we haven't totally figured out yet, but it's going to be pretty casual, as, as might be clear already. Yeah. And each week we're probably just going to bring in a book to talk about, and then sort of go into the book and what we thought about it. And... But you can't really expect we're going to talk about the book all that much. Yeah, we're yeah. going to be riffing. <laughs> lots, lots of riffs over here. Yeah. Um, and also, like, we are probably more interested in comics as a medium than mm-hmm. we are in the whatever specific plot occurred in the book. Yeah. We're probably more interested in how did the artist and writer express this plot than we are in what's going to happen next issue. Like, that's... Let me also say, I'm really more into Eastern comics, i.e. manga and anime, mm-hmm. and Max is very into Western comics. That's not to say, you know... You've never read any manga, but it's like... I have probably read more Western comics than yeah. is healthy. And there's nothing I can do about the chair. This yeah. is as low as my chair goes. I have a beach chair. It's true. And Oscar has a... It's one of those disgusting, um, like, bungee chairs. It's really... Really uncomfortable. It's not great. I, this is our setup for now. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to upgrade eventually. Um, no. Anyway, today's episode... We're going to be talking the first book, The Department of Truth, Volume 1, The End of the World, by James Tinian and Martin Simmons. And, and Volume 1 is chapters 1 to 4, right? Or is it I 1 to 5? I believe it is chapters 1 to 4... 1 to 5. 1, one to, to 5. five. Yeah. Okay. If you want to... In, ca- in case you're reading only the Issues. chapters. I don't really know how it works uh, for publishing. We'll do talk about that. Basically, each month an issue comes out, mm-hmm. and then usually about like six months after the fifth trade. issue or so mm-hmm. that released the trade this book in particular trade as in the volume this is a trade yeah, yeah they okay. call this trade paperbacks this book in particular was probably faster than most because like the first issue sold a hundred thousand copies mm-hmm. which is absurd sure okay <laughs> like, that, that is one thing I really wanted to ask you was like, totally how, insane this is really popular really popular the writer for this has won the Eisner which is like the Oscars for comics uh-huh. except even lamer <laughs> three years in a row which is bad by the way huh? bad he, he's won it three years in a row Really stupid. but Not how an award show should work. But if he is the best three years in a row, what are you going to do? Maybe other people should step up their fucking game. I can't... I, I cannot see how it's possible. Are we swearing? Clearly. Okay. I mean, we're reading... Oh my god. Really true. Like... <laughs> like, we're reading intentions. So yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a really popular book. Uh, it sold really well from the get-go. Uh, James Tunian is a really popular writer. He started probably like a decade and a half ago. So he went to Sarah Lawrence College, which is important to know because Scott Snyder, a person you don't know, but who was the sort of biggest writer at DC for a while, teaches at Sarah Lawrence. And mm. so they oh, met there. Cool. No relation to um, 
Zack Snyder. No. Hmm. Much confusion to younger Max when I was first getting into comics. I was like, what is happening here? <laughs> like, what is going on? So yeah, he kind of, Scott Snyder kind of took James Tunian under his wing, and Scott Snyder was the Batman writer for a really long time, and so then James Tunian sort of just played around the Batman world, but a lot of his comics were sort of the horror side of Gotham, as is evident in this Oh, and we can see a lot of Batman in those. Oh, yeah. He's, he's Cole, Cole uh, what's yeah, his name? Cole Turner. Turner. Mm-hmm. Cole Turner. Very Batman. Yeah, so... He's really cool. James Tunian is the kind of writer who really puts a lot of himself in every book he writes. Mm. He's very openly gay, and very oh, yeah. very openly sort of influenced by horror and everything, and good at it, too, so he can get away with it. If you have not read Department of Truth, the yeah. main character is a man with a husband uh-huh. might uh, put you off. Might trigger you. Might. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, this is obviously not a DC book. It is published by Image, which means that he totally owns the copyright to it and everything. That's cool. And he actually does not work at DC anymore because he left to go do his own shit. Which... Good for him. We are big supporters of. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think it was about? What was this about? Yeah, what do you think it was about? Hmm. It's pretty transparently criticizing the modern right and the um, the way conspiracy theory forms people's right. worldviews. I just meant plot-wise. If someone hasn't read this, what do you think it's about? Oh. <laughs> Okay. okay. I feel like you should recap it. Cole Turner yeah. is a man with a husband. Uh-huh. <laughs> he wears glasses. Originally, he worked for the FBI mm-hmm. until he goes to a flat earth convention and gets shown the end of the world yeah. with a monster and a woman in a red dress with no eyes. And later, he gets uh, basically abducted by the quote-unquote Department of Truth, which in which he is shown that... Um, Really, people's beliefs define what happens in reality. You just look like a crazy comic book nerd, which is what you are. You should... Oh, maybe if you were like... Never mind. I was going to say something really mean. Okay. I'm sorry. We we have to to build up to that. Yeah. Um, We hate each other. We really do. This is purely (laughs) profit-driven. We were like, I think... This could be a good dynamic. Yeah. It's like the guys on Mythbusters. Oh my god, yeah. They hated they each other. Fucking despised We each are other. like Jamie and the other Adam. One. No, Adam um, is... Yeah, Adam. Yeah, Adam. Who also kind of looks like Adam Connor. Yeah, who... <laughs> really annoying really? human being. <laughs> really annoying guy. <laughs> oh my god. Every time I see um, Adam Conover, there's just a part of me that's just like, I don't want to listen to you. Because it's not like he's saying anything bad. It's just... He's saying things that are... Really intelligent, frankly. Yeah, it's just like, oh. So basically, where this... Oh, wait, sorry. I, let me keep... Where does this end, though? Well, basically, I, people's thoughts define the reality. So right. if enough people believe the moon the landing was faked, mm-hmm. they are going to find evidence, and that will end up becoming reality. It'll literally be true. Yeah. So what the Department of Truth does is keep conspiracy theories conspiracy theories instead of letting them be real. And I think they're really... The greatest... One of the greatest moments in... Uh, the comic that at least I have read is that chapter one ends with this great panel of this mystery man who's been talking to Cole being, I am Lee Harvey Oswald. (laughs) Yeah, it's, the Department of Truth is run by Lee Harvey Oswald. It's really cool. It's really cool. Yeah. And obviously, crucially, they decide, they decide what conspiracy theories are are true and false. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of the central conceit of this. The most powerful chapter of it was about the woman whose son died in a school shooting. Yeah. Because the conspiracy theory got to her. So people were saying the conspiracy... The conspiracy was that um, the school shooting was faked 
you know, people were paid actors. It's a it's a Sandy Hook thing. Yeah, it's Sandy Hook. Yeah, and it she got convinced herself because yeah. she wanted to believe her son was still alive, which is so understandable, right? And then Cole is made to kill her. Yeah, yeah, because well, not kill her, but but kill that any part of her that believes yeah. it's true, and it's really terrifying because the main antagonist of the series is this this organization called the black hat who provides her with a usb stick with a video of like her faking yeah oh my god dude <laughs> dude uh, we, we will be right back did it just die yeah <laughs> obviously by the way mm-hmm. spoilers if you don't like spoilers hold on, hold on we have to do a cutback in. okay so sorry about that our light died yeah um well, Oscar's, uh, um, Oscar's like that. My light I, I wouldn't have actually let me, let that Let me happen. refocus it. It was not focused. Okay. So yeah, the black so, yeah. hat is the antagonist of this volume, at least. How much am I allowed to, to speak about future events in this? I mean... You're I, not a spoiler person. You don't really care. No, but I think it would be interesting to do a, a, sure, a, a, yeah. a sequel to this. So don't, I don't think you should spoil it too much. But all, it is evident that the Department of Truth is going to become the antagonist. Sure. Yeah. All I will say is this, is that... The black hats obviously are wrong in the first volume, right? But their their real point is that um, why should the government decide what is true? That's what the Which last is, chapter is about. The last yeah. chapter is saying, Cole, don't you feel bad for killing people just for doing what humans do, which is believing in yeah. things. And it's really interesting. Makes sense. Yeah. Really compelling. But obviously the conspiracy theories are just factually harmful. Yeah, they're bad. So it's like, what do we do with that? Because we shouldn't be we shouldn't be policing people's thoughts, but at the no. same time, they shouldn't be able to allow like be allowed to think whatever they want. It's scary because right. when you look, take it into the real world and think about stuff like you know January sixth or whatever, mm. those conspiracy theories literally led to actual real. Well, life. and in this comic it takes up to eleven because the conspiracy theories they're reality. Yeah, they're just reality, right? Which obviously is a metaphor, but it's also like for the people who believe in conspiracy theories, it is reality to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and meeting them at their level is kind of what this book is talking about. Yeah, because if you don't, then how are you supposed to convince them of anything else? Exactly. Something that this book hasn't really addressed yet, I, and I say yet because I have all like, obviously read the beginning, but I feel like that a lot of conspiracy theorists they don't want to be proven right. They want yeah. to feel like they are being subversive without any of the payoff. They they're just so confused and angry at the world. They need something. To they need it out, but they don't want their problem to be solved. No, because if yeah. the problem is solved, then they're just going to find a new problem. Exactly. Right? Like, every time we find an answer... <laughs> if Graham Hancock... Graham Hancock was not making Ancient Apocalypse... There is a show that we are big fans of. Big fans. Huge yeah. fans. There's this guy, Graham Hancock. Uh, he's actually uh, been on Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> um, I want to be on Joe Rogan so bad. <laughs> Oscar's been talking about how badly they want to be on Joe Rogan. Um, Graham Hancock believes that before the Ice Age, there was just a huge civilization that was really advanced. Mm-hmm. Like, they knew everything. Well, not that advanced. They like, the way he talked about they it. Could, they could make a boat. Yeah, they could make boats and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, but we just forgot about them. Yeah. And his evidence is like Noah's Ark. But the best part about his series is that he will be saying things that make 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 a decent amount of sense, and then he just says the one thing that yeah. completely loses you. Which is actually what, kind of how the series works, right? Sure. Because if you think about conspiracy theories, they're are pieces of evidence that are... Let, let's look at some panels. That are factually correct. Like, there are weird things that happen in the world. So, I... Specifically, they have this great, um, spread. I don't know... I do not know if, um, it... 
is called that in yes it is called it is called a spread but there's this spread specifically about obama being kenyan do you remember this oh my god yeah where the fuck is it (laughs) where the fuck dude i was reading this and there was, like, a bunch of people watching me read this. I was reading it in public. I was really embarrassed. Yeah, reading comics in public is so fun. This is a great... It, this is not what you're talking no, about. It's after. It's before this, actually. Right. So, while Oscar's looking, I, I fucking love the art in this. Martin Simmons. I was doing research on him. I don't know what else he's drawn. I don't know. It, but it's watercolor. It looks so It's good. so it looks cool. Like watercolor. And it really fits the tone of the series, I think, because it's really atmospheric and really moody and really scary. And, like, half of it sort of seems... Like, it's this weird blend of realism, which yeah. um, I hate realism in, art, in comic art, by the way. But just fake enough where it's like, oh, it's like conspiracy realism. And it's really cool. So, by the way, I, I love... Cause there's a lot of comics that are embarrassed to maximize their art for, form and oh, yeah. for impact. Oh, yeah. Because like, if, if we move to a different medium for a second, that's what... I like about like movies like Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. They are unabashed. Mm-hmm. And this comic is also unabashed. Oh yeah. If Dude. You could read this without reading the text. You wouldn't know what's happening but it'd be great experience. Starface is so scary. Yeah. The design is amazing. It's horrifying. Yeah. So in this page um, which is in chapter near the beginning of chapter four there'll it, be like a we'll let it like a pop-up in the corner. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, there's like this this double spread of 12 memos that a reporter has received from Black Hat about basically the conspiracy theory regarding um, Obama's nationality, mm-hmm. and it paints a narrative of deep state intervention and in, in democratic affairs, and it makes a lot of sense, but also at the same time you're reading it, you know it's not true. Right. But it, it's convincing, and, and, and the comic makes a point to, to, to show you it is properly convincing, because even the reporters and Cole are like, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, it's the comic's actually really effective in drawing you down its own rabbit hole. Yeah. Because if you just think about panel layouts, when it begins, before the conspiracy theories really start, it's just a normal comic, right? I well, mean, not so much normal. But no, but yeah. panels, dialogue, as a comic looks like. You're right. But as we get deeper into the conspiracies, the panels start to break, and eventually we get art like this. Right. Which just... One- breaks through the form. One thing I've noticed, actually, specifically reading, is that reading this can be kind of choppy sometimes. Oh, it's really... It's not an easy book to read. Because he will do a double spread, but not tell you it's a double spread. Yeah, it's really So you're confusing. supposed to read it across the top, but yeah. you don't know until it stops making sense. It, it The art literally draws you into the conspiracy. Like this page, for in example. In a really interesting way. This, yeah. This, this page at the end of chapter three, I was reading it mm-hmm. right... You know, left you don't to right, know. up to down. But yeah. then I, it started to making sense. You have to read it on yeah. It's fucking with you. Yeah, and it's, it's so smart. Really intentional. And then you start looking at it after, I'm like, Am I, I should have noticed. Yeah, it's obvious if you look at it. And that's the whole point of conspiracy theories. They're obvious yeah. if you actually look at them. The truth is out there. It's really effective, the way he uses the medium in order to make you believe what he wants you to believe. Yeah, it's like... And he does this really smart thing where he does, like panels that have nothing in them. Yeah, Martin Simmons has a lot of... He, he plays with blank space really interesting because obviously comics sort of generally like to be action-heavy. They don't mm-hmm. want to waste ink or paper or whatever. Right. But blank space is really important, and the lines between the panels are blurred, just like the lines between reality and conspiracy are blurred. Except the lines between the panels aren't really blurred. There's not much interaction between the yeah, panels. Yeah, it's when they... Right. When they break it's about It's about really reading experience. Yeah. One thing he does, though, is he will make one panel the backdrop mm-hmm. for other panels 
which is interesting. Like, it's it'll bleed. Really interesting. Um, yeah. At the beginning. I mean, and also, look at this imagery, this American flag with the guns as the stars. Yeah, it's really effective. There's some imagery in the book that isn't really about what the dialogue's about. It's just, like, really effective. Well, he, he loves doing this thing where he just draws yeah. a picture. Yeah. Like, it's it, it, like a conspiracy theory. He there, just draws one. I don't remember exactly what was happening, but I remember there was a, con- a conversation Cole and Lee were having, and the background just... Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald. So cool. Um, so cool. Instead of, like, whatever room they were in, he didn't draw the room. He just drew an American flag. Right. And yeah. it's so effective. It's really... It's Cause insane. It's a comic book. Why the fuck should I have to draw what's actually happening? Exactly. Yeah. You're, already, you're already delving into this world where literally truth isn't real. Nothing is real. Yeah. So they're telling us, don't believe the comic. Even what Oscar was saying earlier about how Black Hat seems to clearly be the antagonist, but the comic is fucking with you. Yeah. Because there isn't really an antagonist. Mm-hmm. They're telling you, don't believe what you are reading. Mm-hmm. What you are reading is probably not real. He, and this is another thing at the beginning of chapter five. Sorry, this is chapter four. Yeah. Um, like another one where you, you can read it wrong. Very oh yeah, because they're watching events happen on a screen. But also, you could just read that you. I started reading this page without yeah. realizing it was a double spread. Yeah, yeah. I think another thing he does very effectively is this: this woman in the red dress is meant to be very menacing. Yeah, and he draws her exactly the same every time. Mm-hmm. It's really, really intentional. It's really good. There's also a really intentional. Um, we're saying the word intentional a lot, but like Cole is clearly our window into this world, mm-hmm. and they do not lose sight of that. Right. Sometimes comics get really caught up in the world and they're like, oh, the audience gets it. We don't have to, we can just sort of throw away our protagonist. But like, we are following Cole and his journey. Mm-hmm. And I think he has a really interesting journey. Yeah. Because he doesn't really know what he thinks. I did have a specific thing I wanted to ask you about. Yeah. So in chapter four, mm-hmm. the two reporters are talking, right? Sure. It is revealed later in the chapter that they are next door to the people in the Department of Truth. But that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I have no idea. Is it just but is it just the fact that one of them has discovered the idea of the Department of Truth that he has accessed the location? Yeah. Basically, like he has believed it is true, so he's there. I th- I think that the the whole idea is is the Department of Truth even a real thing? Right. Because if we are believing that conspiracy theories make stuff real, mm-hmm. then how do we know that the Department of Truth wasn't just some conspiracy theory that someone thought up? Because the whole thing is basically just the government saying that it's all real, which is what everyone says. Uh huh. So yeah, the reporter just knew in their heart it was real. So right. it became real. Cole did not believe it was real. No, Cole does not believe in it. Which kind of gives the viewer some pause and, and, and think that, okay, it is. Yeah, you're also, as a, as a reader, allowed to question the motives of everyone in the book. Because Cole has because no it, idea what's happening. Because it's Lee Harvey yeah, Oswald. Yeah, it is Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> you're not... It's a hard guy to trust. It's a hard guy to trust. And, yeah. by the way, they don't explain how he's alive in this volume. Want to hear something interesting? They never do. They're never going to... I have, I have a feeling they are never going to go into Dude, it. Dude, I would feel kind of cheated if they did. Yeah, because the whole point is, like... It's not supposed to make any sense. The JFK conspiracy, everyone believes in it. Yeah. Everyone believes in it. So how could you have an answer to it in this book? doesn't make any sense. doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But it's so cool that he's the... Uh, I love the question, though, is, like, is this the Lee Harvey Oswald that killed JFK, or is it the Patsy? Because yeah. both can be real. Yeah. Yeah. They never tell you, really. It's interesting. It's really cool. There is a volume where they go into some of the lore of the Department of Truth, and it's also different artists. They never really explain a lot. So I have some generalized talking points. Yeah. We also have some quotes we might discuss later. I believe you do too, but Mm -hmm. I would... I think um, Oscar should go first. You really really do? I strongly believe you should. Okay. 
I want to talk about how this is connected to some other things that I enjoy. Yeah. I know Max is going to be instantly annoyed when I say this. I put my, I'm putting my money on it. But one of my favorite series in the whole world is Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm. And these two series are very connected. And I know it doesn't seem that way. No. But they are. Okay. First of all, I know you haven't read or seen a lot of it. But I read the first chapter. Okay. There's 200. Anyway. I'm one two hundredth of the way there. 236 at this moment. Wild, you know that. Um, I read them every week. I love that. I love it. In Jujutsu Kaisen, mm-hmm. curses are born of humans' emotions and beliefs. I know that. I watched a few episodes with you. Yeah, I know. And I'd hope you do. The underlying plot is there's a secret society of people who know the truth about the world, protecting the people from the things that they have created. Right. And it's interesting how we think about this so often, about how we think our thoughts are so powerful. Yeah, right. A lot of the art that's being made right now, a lot of stuff we're connecting to is this idea that, like, people are against us. It's not just that. It's that we have a pervasive belief in media. I think that comes up a lot that, that our thoughts define reality. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities between... Itadori and Cole, because they are both complete outsiders. To Does the Itadori world. have a um, husband who is a man? Well, wish he did. <laughs> I would like it more. Uh, <laughs> we see these story tropes over and over again. Right. The thing that makes us like the Department of Truth so much is the same thing that makes us like Jujutsu Kaisen so much. Because we like to believe that there is something secret going on yeah. that we don't know about. And there is magical men protecting us from it. Because the world is is chaotic. The world right. makes no sense. And exactly. so we want to find order in it. Mm-hmm. And we look towards our art, and our art says, what if it's this? Mm-hmm. It's maybe. The thing is, though, Jujutsu Kaisen does it with a lot a lot more subtlety. Yeah, this book is really not subtle. It has abandoned subtext, which I really appreciate. I love it for that. I think it is would not work if it was trying to be subtextual. Well, let's think about the culture Jujutsu Kaisen is in and its publishing schedule. Sure, yeah. Jujutsu Kaisen comes out every week. Yeah. Every single week. It's insane. It's insane. And on top of that, like, manga rarely just comes out and says things. Yeah. You gotta you gotta really look under the, the surface. Um, they don't like being overhanded with their messages, um, which is fine. But it, it sort of leads us to this point where we don't think these two pieces of media are connected whatsoever. No, because... This... I really think they highly are. Yeah. And there's also the idea that, like, Jujutsu Kaisen is obviously a fairly mainstream corporate mm-hmm. book. Which doesn't make it bad. But in the world of American comics, Department of Truth is, while really popular and calling it indie at this point, it's like, is it? I don't know. But it's not the mainstream, right? The mainstream is Marvel or DC. Or DC. Let me say something. I believe the Jujutsu Kaisen anime is corporate and the manga is still independent. How is that possible, though? Do you want me to believe, tell me why I believe, tell you why I believe this? No, I would like you to make a sweeping declaration and not say anything else. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, why do you think that? Because even though the manga is so popular, even though Yuji Akutami has an editor and fans, at the end of the day... Do they not usually have editors? No, they always have editors. Even though all these things are true, despite the popularity, he is still the one putting right. ink to page. Right. You can't stop him from writing what he wants Jujutsu Kaisen to be. Sure. The anime, however, is made by a sleuth of people. Sure. Which is fine. That's how animation works. But I feel like there's a part of just the unabashed connection that I have with this other human being who goes by the name Gigi Agutami that gets lost when it gets animated by a team of people. 
I think that's also what I appreciate so much about this book. Obviously, mm-hmm. you wouldn't know this, but I read a lot, basically everything Tinian writes, right? Mm-hmm. And they all have really similar themes. I mean, the main character is always gay and wears glasses, unless he's Batman. <laughs> Literally, unless he is writing a Batman book, the main character is gay and wears glasses. Well, and Batman can be gay. Bat- Batman is gay. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to express it. He dresses up in tights with another man. <laughs> what other man? Robin! Oh, he has like eight of them. But that's like his son. Dude. That's what they say, at least. Dude, do you want to go into this? We don't have time for this. Okay. DC had to stop using Robin in the movies and kind of in the comics because everyone thought they were gay. Really? There is a famous book called Seduction of Innocence by this total pseudo-scientist psychologist who was totally making shit up and his test subjects were already delinquent teens who had already, like, been in jail. And he was like, do you read comics? And they were like, yeah. And then he goes and writes a book, and he's like, all these people, all these teens who are in jail read comics. <laughs> Clearly there's a reason why. And then he also writes, yeah, and, al- and then he's also like, and also, think about Batman. He's gay. And then he said that to Congress. <laughs> it is his pers- pervasive idea forever. Huh. I yeah. didn't know that. Really interesting. Huh. Anyways, um... Totally don't know what we were talking about. Anymore. We were talking about uh, Department of Truth. We were talking about comic author theory. Yeah, author theory, theory, which I don't think is a thing in American comics, unless well, it's this one. No, I mean he did fully didn't draw it. Right, Mark Simmons fully drew it. I, I guess don't. That's true. I don't. I don't know author theory. I don't even. I don't. I, I don't. I don't like author theory. I don't think anyone else cares. What is on my? Dude, what? It's an old band aid on my water bottle. How? I don't know. Guys. When is the last time I wore a band-aid? Why would I know? You live with me. I don't look at your skin. I don't perceive you. <laughs> I don't know this. There's a there's a there's an unspoken barrier mm. between us. Okay. <laughs> uh do you wanna get into some some things that James Tinian has said about the book? No. Okay. I tried to find quotes by Martin Simmons. Is that this guy's name? Martin Simmons? I don't know if I'm saying his last name right. There's a D? Yeah. Sibdins? I don't know how to say it. Sib- his first name's Martin. Huh. Anyways. I sent them to Oscar in a Discord DM. Don't get distracted. I'm not getting distracted. Who the fuck is that? Who the fuck is okay. that? Who? I'm getting I'm the one getting distracted <laughs> by the iPad. We didn't pin the messages. Oh Dude, our, our Wi-Fi's down again. Cannot be. Guys, does anyone have Spectrum? <laughs> because we pay like eighty dollars a month, and it's down every day. Okay, it's working, kind of. Okay, okay. We, I'm we here. text so much. We text so much. We're such good friends. We really like each other. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is from an interview that uh, the comic website AIPT.com did. I don't know if you're supposed to say it as one word or not. AIPT. Yeah. Eight. I don't know. Great I, site. Really good site. Um, how would we put that in the International Phonetic Alphabet? I don't know what that is. Oscar's in a linguist. I'm really liking it. Uh, but in basically in answer to whether or not James Tinian, you know, takes these Dinter's theories so seriously, especially James Tinian. Okay. Yeah, I, you know how I know that it's because his like studio is called Tiny Onion. That's a great name. I know. <laughs> Look a, at his name. That's a great name. Yeah. All right. Um, so basically, he was saying that he used to watch Oliver uh, Stone's JFK movie like every year, and he was really deep in that. But in relation to whether or not he's still into it, he said no. And honestly, this is going to sound really choppy because I'm just reading a quote. No. And honestly, it's something that, well, the JFK one is really interesting because it gives you a framework to look at the United States government where there's an element that actually, that's actually good about thinking about the government in terms of what does the government actually want? 
who benefits? I think a lot of times what conspiracy theories mess up more than anything is the idea of people making concrete plans and acting on them. But a lot of times, people in power are going to work to maintain and protect their power. That often puts the average people of the world at disadvantage, and I do genuinely believe that. I don't think there's conspiracy behind that. I think it's a natural byproduct of how we built our society. And I think it's messed up that we have a society built that way, and I think there are a lot of elements to our society that are designed to obfuscate. Obfuscate? Obfuscate. The fact that society is not built to benefit the most number of people. Mm -hmm. And I think that inherent contradiction puts people, it leads them towards conspiracy. So basically, what he's saying is he's giving a reason to why he's so interested in these conspiracy theories. It's also really funny that he's like, yeah, if uh, we didn't live under the crueling weight of capitalism, we wouldn't need conspiracy theories to feel good about ourselves. Yeah, that's basically what he's saying in so many words. Yeah. Is that, like, you know, he doesn't agree with people who are crazy and act crazy and violent because of their conspiracy theories. But also he's like, you can't just be like, why do they believe that? It's really obvious why they think that. Mm-hmm. Because the government's always up to some crap. Always fucking with them. Always up to some shit. Why'd you say crap? I don't know. <laughs> At the moment, I was like, I was like, we just quoted this writer. What if he doesn't want me to curse in his name? How many times have they said fuck in this comment? A lot. A lot of times. A lot of times. But yeah, I think going into a book like this with that open-minded of a sort of idea is sort of important. Yeah, you can't judge the people who yeah, believe you, this. You, you can't, I mean, you, you can't. You can, but you can't write a... You can't be the writer of a book about conspiracy theories and just inherently assume they're all bullshit and based upon them. Sure, right. You need to have a certain level of, like, suspending your disbelief for a second. Yeah. Yeah. I think he does a really good job of that, honestly. He really does, yeah. Because the book does prevent... Pres- sorry, present all the evidence to all these theories. Mm-hmm. It's very possible that some weirdo could read this book and be like, oh, wait, it's all true. I mean, yeah. it gives you every piece of evidence that they believe in. A powerful moment that illustrates that is when Cole is talking to his husband, Maddie, and Maddie's like, yeah, reptilians are crazy. Good thing they aren't real, though. And he's like, yeah. Because <laughs> it's like... Are they? Yeah. I I don't know. Probably and not. Cole is like, well, they very well could be. I have no evidence that they're not. Like, I guess there could be lizard people out yeah. there, but it's like, who who cares? I'm not buying into the whole underlying anti-Semitism of it or whatever, you know? Right. Because people view conspiracy theories as, oh, you believe lizards control the world, you're so insane. But it's... That's not really what they believe. The real insidious nature of it is what's underlying it. Right. Right. And the reason they believe that isn't because they're crazy, it's because they are hurt and don't know what to do with their lives. A lot of people feel that way. They feel ignored. And that's how you get modern conspiracy theories, which is also what he talks about here with stuff like QAnon, right? Because mm-hmm. that that started on, like, 4chan or 8chan, I guess? I, I don't know. I don't know what 8chan is, personally. It's a more... It's 4chan t- squared? Yeah, well, on purpose. Doubled, sorry. Because it's more anonymous, more encrypted, more unmoderated. It's insane. You can post whatever you want on there. It was yeah. banned. You can't go on it anymore. Huh. Like, IP addresses will not like I don't really fully understand what QAnon is. There's there's Q, who was an insider to the government feeding people secrets about him? So that's what people... I watched a whole documentary about this on HBO last year. It's really interesting. Wow, that was the most pretentious thing I've ever said in my life. No, it isn't. You said more pretentious <laughs> things ten minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, QAnon is this, like, weird theory that, like, it started with... Do oh you- my god, I have to say something. Okay. If you guys are wondering why I keep looking at Max's lap, it's because there's an iPad. I'm not looking. I whatever you thought it was, it's just it's just the iPad. Do you know what the Pizzagate conspiracy is? 
Not really. I think it's really funny when they put gate on things. <laughs> I think it's really funny. Deflate gate. What is the hat? That's when the Patriots oh my God, yeah. deflated yeah, yeah, their yeah, footballs. Yeah. Great move, by the way. So funny. Did they do that for real? Yeah, it was real. It was like conspiracy. They did it. But they, just, they just actively cheated. I guess that's true. Gate doesn't imply conspiracy. No. Watergate just happened. Yeah. Yeah. And also, the Patriots were, like, better than everyone. They just, like, did it anyway. Hmm. So funny. I don't know anything about sports. Yeah. No, I'm no, sure I you just pissed off so many people. Anyways, Pizzagate is, like, this idea that there's, like, this weird conspiracy theory that, like, I don't know all the details. I'm not gonna lie. But there was, like, a pizza chain somewhere in New Jersey that somehow people thought was a child sex ring, like, run by Hillary Clinton. Um, but, but, but why? Someone said that. Okay. And so from that, there was this guy named Q who would, like, drop info about the government and about, like, you know, people on the inside trying to take down Trump or, like, the Democratic child sex... It's really a lot about child sex rings. It's always been about that. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, like... Most of the time when Q was right, it was just because, like, whoever Q is, which they basically confirmed is just the person that owned the site, which is so funny, by the way. Obviously. Was just reading the news and making, like, a basic analyzation of what is happening in the country and saying, this will probably happen next. And so then that sort of morphed into Trump losing the election and people being like, oh, he lost because he was sabotaged because Q said that. Right. So that's what QAnon is. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Alex Jones, Tucker Carlson, Q. Do you think they buy any of this stuff? I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Alex Jones might. Maybe. He's really stupid. I don't. Th- I think that if he didn't buy it, I don't think he would have taken it. the Sandy Hook stuff so far that he lost all that money that he lost. Maybe. Uh, well, I think it was still a net gain for him. Yeah, probably. Tucker Carlson does not believe anything. Right. There's no... I mean, you can... You've, there's old clips of him before he was on Fox. He was basically just like a centrist. So then how do we explain that... He got fired for being a religious freak. Because that's why he got fired. Is that what he got fired? The president of Fox went over to his house for dinner and was creeped out by how religious Tucker Carlson was. Is that true? Yes. I mean... Like, how do you explain that? Because part of me thinks, okay, these people are just saying it to make that paycheck. Right. Which is terrible. Well, there's, there's two things. Maybe he... If you spend your whole life doing something to get a paycheck eventually... You start believing it. You just start believing in it, because how could you not? That's what I think. Which is kind of what the book's about, too. Yeah. If you surround your life with all this evidence that something's true, even if you're doing it for a job, eventually, you know, why wouldn't it become true to you? Yeah. We are much more easily influenced than we would like to admit. Yeah. Most people are are not that smart. Like, no one's really that smart. (laughs) Except us. Except us. Oh, yeah. Guys. Guys. You are getting in... On, on geniuses right We now. are so... Give us so much money. Because <laughs> we, we need it to um, nurture our brains. What? Yeah. Is that not a, a normal word to say? Um, we haven't even talked about the comic allegedly being bipartisan. Right. So this was something that I read yesterday in the same interview. <laughs> <laughs> this one interview is giving us so much. Oh, yeah. So here's the quote. I'm not going to lie to you. It is taken out of context. On purpose, because I thought it, it would be more interesting to talk about. Can I read it? Yeah. Where, where do I start reading? The last one. Hmm. I formatted it. I did Markdown. It is a book that plays with contemporary reality and contemporary politics, but I didn't want it to read like a partisan book, because what it touches on transcends left-right divide. There is something more universal at play, and bigger threats at play. I think my personal politics are pretty obvious, but launching a book about conspiracy theories in the middle of a presidential election, in the middle of a plague... 
I was worried that it would be too bleak or it was going to be too political in a time that nobody wanted something political. Love the word plague. Great word. No one ever calls it a plague. Yeah. It was literally a plague, was it not? We we had plagues since Egypt. But it was a plague. What was the last plague we had? Bubonic? Bubonic, yeah. Yeah. Which you can still get. Did you know that? Mm -hmm. You can just get it Mm -hmm. and you're fine. Well, yeah. You'll be fine. People are always getting bubonic plague because they're... People are always they're getting always getting in Mongolia because like there's like this law that like they're like please don't eat this one animal that gives you be a bubonic plague and every year someone does it because it's tasty probably I anyway, so anyways that's an insane quote really really weird thing to say about your own book also it doesn't make any sense nobody wanted something political people love political media I think what what he was trying to say is that. People didn't want to read a book that was more of just, like, grandstanding and, like, you're stupid if you are voting for Trump. Yeah, yeah. Which... But that media doesn't really exist. It right? doesn't... People claim it exists. But it doesn't really. I know. Yeah. We should get into that. Do you want to get into that? I, I don't know that I necessarily agree with the concept that this book isn't partisan, because, like, mm-hmm. it clearly paints one side as inventing all the conspiracy theories. But I do understand what he's saying by it's a more universal thing. Sure, but most media... And let me say this, mo- and especially most leftist media, very nuanced. Yeah. Because and, um, there's I mean, not much media that exists that is just, if you are a Republican, you are a stupid, irredeemable person. That yeah. doesn't... It's, it's just, where is that happening? It's not effective. It's happening in Republicans' minds. Sure, but, like, what even examples did they use? Starfield, for they, them pronouns. Yeah. It's insane. I, I don't know. So this guy, it's actually very interesting, this guy is basing him, what he writes off of fake realities Republicans have made up in their brains. You kind of have to at some point. Sure. It's hard to be someone who creates... But that, right is now. that not a little bit counter to he, what the right. comic is? Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. he... Yeah, we don't have to agree with everything that the writer says. Yeah. He shouldn't be believing that there is no. all of this, oh, in-your-face political stuff that just is not there. I also just don't think anyone's buying this book who isn't already on board with whatever yeah. policies that we're on board with here. Right, like I mean, like I know he's trying to make it bipartisan, but the main character is a gay man. You yeah. have barred. I, I think many by, people from reading this. I think by bipartisan, he more so means like I'm not going to talk about a conspiracy theory that's like a policy, right? Right. He's saying he that, means like, bipartisan. This affects everyone. Yeah, exactly. This is dangerous for everyone. But but he seems to not understand that just by centering a gay man, he has alienated a large portion of his potential audience. You know, I really do think he does understand. That. No, but. In that quote. Oh. It's, which I took out of context. It's contradictory. Right. We'll never give you guys the context for that quote. Don't remember it. <laughs> and it was much more interesting to talk about without the context. Uh, things always are more interesting if they're just headlines, right? Oh, yeah. Because then I can just make up the... Do you remember the headline we read yesterday? No. <laughs> yesterday, I sent Oscar an article with the headline, Ahsoka explains <laughs> who wrote the scrawl in the beginning of the Star Wars movies. Did not read the article. Have to assume that's not what happened in the episode, but I like to think that is what happened. It's insane. That shouldn't have lore. That should just be a fun thing that that the movies have. It doesn't even make doesn't, any sense. It doesn't make any sense because it, if you say that it exists in universe, then what is it? Then what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Why can't we just say George Lucas is talking to the viewers? Like, I I don't know. <laughs> what if we started a, a segment where we go to like CBR, which is like a shitty comic book, like AI? They use fucking AI now. Right. And we just read their headlines. That'd be, that'd be funny. Yesterday, oh my god, I was doing research on this book yesterday. 
And do you know what I read a headline for? Do you remember this? It said something like, it was from CBR, or something like, Spider-Man just faced off against the Department of Truth's biggest villain. <laughs> what are you talking about? It was just that Spider-Man had fought some guy in an issue that, that made conspiracy theories real. Spider-Man fought Lee Harvey Oswald. Spider-Man fought Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, we haven't decided what we're going to read for next week yet. Uh, do you want me to pick something? Yeah. Pick it right now. Go. Right now. Go. I really want to read this... Oh, the thing you were telling me about? No. I want to read this this manga about a gay little boy. Mm-hmm. Are you interested in that? I'm very interested in that. I feel like we have to, um... Oh, I should not do this right now. No. Okay. But, um, you know, we are not dating. Yeah. Right. <laughs> not dating. Not dating. I don't want to see any any of that. <laughs> You've made it a hundred times worse by doing that, you know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're probably going to mostly read gay stuff in this. A lot of manga is just yeah. so gay. Like, don't, um, this is not for you if you don't like that stuff. Sort of like Cole Turner. Oh, his yeah. His husband, Maddie. Oh, he's a man, by the way. He's a man who is married to a man. Cole Turner. Mm-hmm. Also, his husband's name is Maddie. Yeah. Did not go far enough. Should have named him Man. <coughs> Maddie could go either way. What really weird thing this comic does, by the way, every time there's two T's next to each other, it's, it's a different character than if there's two T's next to each other. That is really fucks me up. because of Letterer. Oh, I'm going to butcher this name. Aditya Bitkar. He's the Letterer. Comics of Letterers. There is a quote in the back of this from Forbes. <laughs> Are you picking up a comic because business magazine Forbes recommends it? I am. The Forbes readership is split between shareholders and comic fans. Why do they even pretend like they care about this? Uh, I, I guess it makes them money, because you can write a headline. I guess. You know who else on the back of this? Brian Michael Bendis. Whoa. Yeah. It all comes back to And him. Scott Snyder. Whoa. I love that I love that there's these accredited comic writers, and then just Forbes. Forbes. <laughs> and it's the worst review, the three of them. Anyways, this has been Comics on Comics, episode one. I'm Max... Oh, and I'm Oscar. There'll be links, And the chair does not get any lower than this. D- there might be links that you could follow us on if we decide to do that. Uh, share this, please, if you liked it, because it'll help us out. And maybe we won't give up. <laughs> if people start listening. You can't say that. I was. We're going to edit it out. Okay. So do we want to do another outro? Yeah, we want to do another outro. Yeah. This has been uh, Comics and Comics episode one. Uh, I've been Max. Oh, and I'm Oscar. Links in the bottom to everything you need. Please share. If you liked this, subscribe on whatever platform you watched it on. Also, by the way, we're calling it a podcast, but... This is totally a YouTube thing. We recommend that you watch it. Yeah. Because... I imagine your experience just listening to this was miserable. Eventually, we might get into physical comedy. We might act out the comics. Dude, do you want to play rock, paper, scissors for our outro? Yeah, okay. And whoever wins gets to push the stop recording button. Every time? Every time. I feel like we have one too many quirks. I think we have to pick one. In the comments, I want you guys to say your favorite quirk. <laughs> and whichever one is gets the most upvotes, we will not be doing that one Can anymore. I predict the highest highest one? We will not be doing that one anymore. I love the quirk that they're dating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's definitely going to be it. Yeah. I have a girlfriend. And so, so do, do I. You. Yeah. Yeah. I actually live with Oscar's girlfriends. Okay. Rock, paper, scissors? Okay. None of this best out of three shit. No, yeah. And then you know what people are going to do? They're going to make, like, a an Excel spreadsheet of who wins the most and what we play to analyze our... I'll do that. Basically, Oscar's asking someone to do that. <laughs> no, I, I kind of want to do it now.
It's every, rock, paper, scissors. It's going to be a third chance every time. But, but what if it isn't because we are psychological beings? Can we can we do this? Okay. The, you you did four of them. Okay. Rock, rock paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. No go. I No and. We are from different regions. Oscar's from New Jersey, and I'm from New York. Very different. Lower New York. Rock, paper, scissors. Okay. Go ahead. Bye.